Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you every morning, Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. I'm joined today by Alfie. How do you mate? You good? You well? Morning TC. Yeah, not doing bad. Uh, fresh off two weeks away, so uh, good to be back. Hope you're doing well as well. Yeah, of course. Not as not as rested as you are, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, I mean, you've been flying, as has, of course, our technical director, Edu. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a bit. There's some very interesting stories coming out that we're going to discuss. But of course, the main thing to react to is the weekend's fixture against Leicester, in which Arsenal came away with a 4-2 win. Very impressive indeed. What were your thoughts on the win? Uh, yeah, for me, um, the, the Palace game, I thought we were really good in the first half. Sort of, you know, dropped off in the second half, but I thought the Leicester one, um, despite conceding twice, I thought it was a more controlled performance. Um, and I think the response, especially after conceding, was fantastic both times. You know, I think the second time, Martinelli's goal was even quicker response than the first. Um, you know, I was just impressed really by. I mean, Gabriel Jesus in the, in the first half was, was on a different level. I, I can't remember the last time that I saw a player like that for Arsenal, you know, um, mm. and it, it's just a joy to watch him play and taking on players. Uh, I mean, you know, he probably should have had three or four in the first half. I think there was a couple. I mean, his first goal, there was a much harder chance than I think there was two that he missed where Ward made yeah. good saves. Um, but it's just great that the chances are coming so early on for him because I think the more and more he settles down, the more and more goals he'll score. And I'd, I'd hate to think how many he'd, he'd finish with the end of the season. The way he's going, you know, I think people laughed at, at, at when Paul said he could score 20 this season. But I think from what I've seen of him in the first two games, there's no reason why he can't. Um, so really impressed with with how he played and long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I think there was a big question kind of around when he arrived, uh, kind of had Arsenal made the right decision with the striker they'd got. You know, we were linked to the likes of Victor Ozyman, Dusan Vlaovic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, more physical kind of lanky strikers that are better in the air. But we've brought in Jesus, who is completely the antithesis of those players and has proven to be, you know, such an integral choice. Do you, What do you make of kind of the idea that Arsenal went for kind of these more aerial threat type of forwards, although they were linked to them. And certainly Dusan Vlaovic was clearly an, a target of the club. And yet the one they've gone for is very different to that. Does it make you feel as though maybe we weren't necessarily in for those other ones as much? Or do you think it's just because Jesus was there and available, we've gone more for him? Yeah, I think it, it is a strange one. Like I said, they are completely different profiles. Um, I, I think for me, having someone who is so technical and, and, and has got the finishing aspect to him up front it is so vital for the way we play. So I think some of the options that mentioned there, the likes of like Calvert-Lewin, I'm not sure how well they would have done uh, playing for us. But I, I, the main thing, like I say, is, is you know, his technical ability, his finishing is just so top drawer. And I think that's sort of entailed to where we play. You know, um, I, I see loads of people sort of slating Martin Odegaard's performance on, on Saturday for me. You know, I don't think he had too bad a game. He didn't need to create the chances because we had Gabriel Jesus up front, you know, two two assists as mm. well. Um, he created a couple more chances off the top of my head. So having that player that is so creative as well up front, I think it would have been strange to see the likes of Vlahovic, who for me is more like a Haaland figure, that he's got that physical presence, mm -hmm. aerial ability, but maybe not as much the creative side to his game. Um, so maybe it was just a smokescreen for getting... Gabriel Jesus, because we saw how many people were in for him and, and you know, looking now, seeing that Eddie was working on a deal for five months, 
Um, I think it may have, like you say, just been there to to fend people off Gabriel Jesus. Mm, potentially. Uh, we have absolutely done brilliantly to get that deal done because with you know having Champions League football, managing to convince Jesus to be kind of the, the spearhead of this project was, was going to be a challenge and we've done it and fair play and credit to Arteta and Edu for of course getting that deal done and we're seeing the benefits of it you know he, he benefits everybody around him it's not just the individual brilliance that he brings and the goals he brings but two assists for Xhaka and Martinelli as well uh, yes there were kind of layoffs and, and things and especially the Martinelli one the Martinelli one's got to do a lot to do from that but He's creative still, and, and that's added so much more to the team. And you contrast kind of how Arsenal starts the season has gone with, say, I don't know, Manchester United, for instance, who it's just joyous to see how bad they are, uh, even when they've got a manager that a lot of Arsenal fans, I think, would have happily got rid of Arteta at the end of perhaps not last season, but the season before, and and brought someone him like him in, and are seeing now that you know you need to have everything it's not just about the individual coach it's about everything around them and man united are a bit of a comedy club right now oh, definitely yeah it's uh, i think the the best thing for me is you know the start the start that we had last season um, losing to Brentford and then obviously the two being bottom of the table and, and you know the stick that we got despite mm. having players out with covid injuries um, not finishing with the signing so we didn't have a full squad uh, and you had the poor start of the season, but there was there was sort of a reasoning for it. Whereas with, with United, um, you know they, they've brought players in. They spent sixty million on on Martinez, who obviously we seen as a left back. Eric Ten Hag is so adamant to play him at centre half, and I think he's he's definitely struggled in in, in the first two games. So it, it's just sweet to see it because you know we went through it last season, but now they're going through it, and they were so confident going in. You know when they brought in Ronaldo, the, the amount of sort of uh, praise that he got but I think bringing in them sort of players that don't fit in with the way they want to play it was always going to end badly and I think they need a complete they need a restructuring behind the mm. scenes they've got the manager in now uh, they just needs to hope that he, he sticks with it because uh, it's an absolute shambles there but I, I'm not complaining complaining long may it continue because uh, that Brentford game is, is well for me it probably tops watching the the, the Arsenal Leicester game because we've got over the for me it's always stressful if if you lose mm. it's sort of you're fearful watching you know the the, the rival teams for top six um, but watching that after our win and then seeing that first half I mean that was uh, enough to top a, a brilliant weekend of football for me. Yeah, not only that, Chelsea and Spurs dropping points as well. Um, Arsenal had a great weekend. I mean, if, if Palace pull off something against Liverpool tonight and stop them from picking up even a first win of the whole season because they obviously dropped points to Fulham, all of a sudden Arsenal are looking very strong and in a very good place to start the campaign. Yes, we're playing against teams that you would say we should be beating, but so have United, so have Liverpool, you know, and, and they haven't been able to do it. So far only Arsenal and, and Manchester City is the teams that are going to be vying for those kind of top four places and, and above have been able to pick up those points. What did you did you see the Battle of Stamford Bridge 2.0 yesterday? Um it was an interestingly fiery affair uh and obviously i do think that you know chelsea were very unfortunate in the end not to come over all three points spurs very very lucky to not see decisions go against them i mean in the sake of the last goal the second goal for spurs there are three things that for me should be pulled up one is obviously the foul on Havertz. the second one is the the hair pull on kukurea and then the 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 other one is um I don't think it was in the second goal, but certainly the first goal where Richarlison is just blocking the, the you know the pathway of, of the keeper when Hoiberg takes his shot for Spurs' first. So three incidents that you know aren't given. It's just they're gifted things. It's how things work with Spurs, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a weird one because obviously it's frustrating to see them getting those decisions. In the end, it probably worked out better for us because uh, I know personally I'd have preferred a draw uh, mm. rather than seeing one of them pick up all three points. Um, but I, I mean, the, the one that sticks out the most is the hair pull because surely that's violent conduct. I mean, you can The referee had such good view of it. Mm. it's got to be a straight red and then sort of the audacity for his reaction after knowing he should have been sent off Kane scoring and it's, it's Reese James I think he's up in his face um, and I think that's just sort of the team that, that Conte is looking to build um, it's just a frustrating and, and you think you can't hate Spurs anymore and sort of the players are brought in the way they play um, you realise that you know it's possible but um, I think the the first goal I think the Havertz one is the referee's got to get that done first time. It's too gone too far for VAR to go back to that. Um, but I mean, initially on the Richarlison one, I, I wasn't too sure. But looking at the you know, the angle that you see of Mendy, um, mm. you find it baffling that that, that, that wasn't given because obviously he's blocking the view. Mendy's got to look round him, um, and that's the reason that Mendy isn't able to to get down and save it. So it's frustrating. Um, hopefully, you know they improve on that and, and give Spurs less. But I think overall, the the result favoured us. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the table obviously reflects that. And Arsenal have still got, you would say, three games with, you know, we've got Bournemouth and then Fulham and then Manchester United. So, uh, yeah, by that point, who knows where they're going to be in the table. But Arsenal could pick up a real kind of heavy momentum going through the game. So they've got Everton at home. Brentford away is a very tough game. And then, of course, it's the North London derby on the 1st of October. There are, you could see, though, with those first, I mean, when you count the two games we've had already, there's potential for the first eight games of the season all to be winnable and Arsenal suddenly have got a real head of steam ahead of them uh, going into the North London derby, which would be massive. But we can't be looking too far ahead and Arsenal need to be looking into that next game against Bournemouth. And, you know, we don't have a particularly great record going to the Vitality Stadium. Uh, we've got draws. We've been beaten there. Uh, I remember the obviously the 3-3, I think it was, where Lucas Perez scored. Giroud did that silly scorpion <laughs> kick celebration after going and getting a 3-3 and Alexis Sanchez is going, what are you doing? Get back. Like, when he could just have got time to score another goal. So, yeah, um, it's it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. And, you know, they got a very decent win there against Aston Villa in the opening weekend of the campaign as well. Transfers, you know, we can never escape transfers uh, so far this weekend. We've not seen any kind of major moves, but we are expecting movement on a couple of outgoings. Runison looks very close to a move to Turkey. And Bellerin's situation is hopefully going to be resolved within now and the end of the summer as well, because that's a situation that you can just see Arsenal eventually going, we're just going to cancel your contract. So both of those players getting out, good things for Arsenal? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the less said about Runison, the better. Obviously, uh, we praise Arteta for his signings. Um, mm. It's not one of the better ones under his regime, I think. Um, you know, whenever I've seen him play, he's ne- never looked confident, even in the Europa League. And then obviously that game against Man- Manchester City in the League Cup um, it's probably sort of ended his, his Arsenal career before it really even started. So um, it'd be good to, to get him out of the door because, you know, he's probably at that age. I think he's, you know, 28 now. Um you know, you forget. You see, you think he's a, a young keeper with lots of potential. Um, still, is young for a keeper, but I think mm. he needs to get elsewhere and get first team football. You know, whilst he still can. Um, on Bellerin's front, I think it, it's a really sort of sad end to his Arsenal career because, um, you, you know, when he first came about, he, he was one of my favourite players in the team. I thought he was brilliant. Um, heavy, heavily relied on his pace. Obviously, when he, when he went through this knee injury, um, I think it's completely killed him off, and he, he's nowhere near the player he was. But I think it's frustrating because. Watching him at Real Batiste and how the Real Batiste fans, you know, spoke about him, he was back to his best there, played brilliantly, um, mm. and the fact that we're struggling to get a fee for him is worrying. 
So I think, you know, we, we, we praise sort of the likes of, of ripping up Aubameyang's contract, which to me was probably the right decision in the end. But it leads to stuff like this where teams think they can, you know, get a cheaper deal. Obviously, in Fiorentina, pulling out of the supposed buy option for, for Torreira and, and wanting yeah. to pay, I think, half the fee. Um, so I think teams are thinking they can bully us down and, and, and you know, get us to rip players' contracts up or sell them for a, for a, for a very, you know, um, heavily cut fee. And it's sad because, like I say, a player like Bellerin who had so much potential and, and didn't fulfil it at Arsenal um, going on, on, out on that sort of way. Um, it's sad, but to be honest, I think it's the best for him. And, and, and for what he'd done for Arsenal, it, it's probably great to see him, you know, playing first-team football elsewhere and his career isn't over, so... Yeah, very true. Um, look, I think that he's a player that we would appreciate what he did in his young years, probably look back on it with an ounce of what could have been because he was so highly rated as a young guy and we're thinking, you know, this is going to be our right back for the next 10 years and it's just not worked out because, you know, he had those injuries to his knee and he never really came back the same and that's why Arsenal felt they needed to move in a different direction and actually, you know, our right back situation now, which is currently occupied by Ben White and Tommy Asu too. It's a very different profile to what Bellerin was. Not the speed, not the offensive kind of threat. Uh, the defensive rigidity has returned to that position and and we're th I think we're better for it. So yeah, Bellerin will move on. I'll probably put money on it being a, a termination in the end. Maybe Arsenal can get some money. Great if so, but I think it's just best if we resolve things, move him on and, and move on from Arsenal terminating deals because it's just not something that we need to do after I feel this summer. It's something that we'll just need to absolutely trying to dress as the summers move forwards and we bring in better players and sell more players for a higher fee especially from our youth academy as well with the amount of talents coming through and won't find a route because there's just already so much talent in the first team the the other key areas obviously incomings Yuri Tielemans played against Arsenal didn't look you know amazing by any shadow of a doubt but he was playing in the side that were dominated in terms of possession and eventually he was brought off he didn't really seem like his head was completely in the game if I'm being honest and if I am clear about it, I don't necessarily think that he is a an absolute must for us this summer. You know, I don't think he's a player that Arsenal desperately need. If we're going to sign a midfielder, for me, it probably needs to be someone closer to Thomas Partey's profile to give him competition in that number six role. We don't necessarily have that. So what do you think about Tielemans, the potential midfield signing that we could still make? Yeah, I think it's a complicated one that's gone all summer. Um, I like the fact you mentioned sort of having that player to to fill in for party because mm. you know at the start of the season I'd have thought that Lukonga was the player to fill that role. Obviously played in that left central midfield role more as an eight uh, in pre-season and, and impressed there. Um I still think there is a future for him to you know play both and, and playing under party would be you know a brilliant experience for him. But um I think the way and how integral party is to how we play, you know, if you know he's not in the team if he gets injured um uh, then I do think I agree with you that we, we need someone that, that can play that position and watching Tielemans, you know, he, he's definitely not a six. Um, mm. But I think the interesting thing for me is, is where Vieira fits in because I know when, when first signed, I thought he was more of like an Odegaard profile. I know a lot of people saying that he can play that left central midfield role and watching Xhaka in that role, I think that's one of the best games he's had in an Arsenal shirt. He was fantastic and, you know, uh, bombing forward, I think Zinchenko allowed him to to get forward at times, as did Partey. Um, and, I, and I think it, it's a, it's a tough one because a player like Tillemans would fit in so well in in that left central midfield role. And for the price, if we could get him for you know twenty million, I think it would be an absolute bargain. And it's do you want to let him go to another team um, for that cheap? I've seen West Ham, I think, uh, are pushing for him. So it, it's a tough one. 
Um, but it's just whether party can stay fit. And, you know, since he's joined us, we've seen the injury records and how much they've cost us. So it's, it's a tough decision. I mm. think the, the, the market for a six is, is very, uh, there's very few, few between for, for options. Um, and for me, I, I don't see any that are viable at the moment. Um, so I think it's one that we'll leave to the end of the market. If we don't get anyone in, then I could see us bringing him in as added cover. Um, but I, I can see the point of bringing in a six. I just, I'm not sure who, who's there for, for that position. Yeah, V-Dub says you can count on two hands how many centre midfielders we have. Do we need another one unless it's a major upgrade like Savage? And I'd say the Tielemans deal is dead. And it's important that Arsenal don't just sign players for the sake of signing players. You know, I don't want to see Arsenal bringing a centre midfielder that's not going to push the needle in terms of the quality of that position on the field. Does Tielemans give us more than Lakonga? Yeah, I think he does. Does he give us more than Nelneni? Yes, I think he does. For me, he doesn't start over Xhaka right now. You know, Xhaka doesn't go out of this team. He doesn't start over Partey he's not necessarily getting into our starting 11 at the moment. And that's probably a big point to say, I don't necessarily think that he is a priority or should be, we should be jumping at the chance to sign him. Uh, Hamster says, as a six to eight, Moise uh, Casado, it seems perfect, a very mature player. You know, the Express have linked us with him. Um, 20-year-old midfielder done very well at Brighton since moving there. And, you know, they've not really missed Eve Basuma since getting Casado into the team. He is certainly one, I think, the club are considering and you know looking at and are monitoring but I wouldn't say that they're going in with a bid at the moment that could change in the last two weeks of the window who knows but uh, I don't expect Brighton to let him go on the cheap because they don't tend to let players leave especially on long-term contracts like he is um, Neil says Bellerin clearly isn't rated by other clubs and rightly so he's always been an awful defender and his horrendous injury record it's quite easy to see why no one is going to pay a low price Paul says the standard of refereeing in the EPL is currently really poor why are they so biased against us what do you make of that Alfie I'm, um, I agree with the standard of refereeing is really poor mm. I think that's across all divisions in England not just the Premier League and I think yesterday sort of showed it um I, I can't think of too many decisions that have gone against us this season so far of course last mm. season we did have a few i think um, gabriel jesus should have had a penalty actually yesterday uh, I, I think for me I'm, I'm probably a bit more um i think it was soft definitely mm. and i think given the vardy one um i think it's sort of evened up i don't think the vardy one was a penalty mm. um, i mean ramsdale doesn't touch him he's looking to initiate the contact and for me, it's a dive. I don't get why it's a yellow card. If we're going to talk about refereeing decisions, then you know we'll talk about Granite Jacker getting booked for diving. And then we've seen all sorts of dives. I mean, just before, I think Eze had dived in the Palace game. Um, I mean, I'd say Vardy's is a dive. No yellow card given. Mm. Um, so, I mean, last season, I'll, I'll definitely say so. But so far, uh, touch wood, it's, uh, it, it's been going well. Um, but for me, not a penalty. It was very soft. Fair enough. Uh, I, I just think there was a, a trip there for me. Uh, I understand where you're coming from. It was light. It was soft contact. And in the commentary, they said, you know, contact doesn't necessarily mean it's a foul, but it it's it's on that borderline, I think. And it's, it's a mm. close one. If it was against us, you know, I would, would I be up in arms if that was given? I'm not sure because there is contact. So I think I'd be like, yeah, I can kind of see why they've given it. But I suppose in this case, you can go, yeah, I can kind of see why they didn't. So it's it's on that borderline for sure. Darren England was useless, says Paul James in the chat. Yeah, they called him Johnny English yesterday. Um, <laughs> you know, he wasn't particularly great. I think he's one of the new, I don't know how long he's been around. I've not really seen him or he's not 
you know clocked on my radar at all. And I know they've promoted a few from the championship after Mike Dean and mm. uh, who is who's the other one that's that's gone? John Moss, I think he retired as well. Um, he's been due retirement for a few years now. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So yeah, they've replaced them. I didn't really. There was a the referee in the game West Ham Brentford. Uh, I watched that game yesterday. I think he was new as well. He did okay. Um, it was interesting where there was a handball kind of blocking a goal that was only given a yellow card. They they felt that the goalkeeper on the line was... Oh, the, kind of the Forest game, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I've never seen a player handball it a shot so close to the goal line and not get sent mm. off. They must have felt, of course, the goalkeeper would have had it kind of saved, but missed a penalty anyway. I mean, West Ham really blew it there. That's another team, of course, going to be going for European places that's dropped points too that we've not mentioned. So, mm. you know, it's the start of the season goes. It's been very, very positive for Arsenal and hopefully we can see some more positive things going into the game against Bournemouth. Less than a week to go, of course, for that one. The nice thing about playing early in the weekend is when, when the new week starts, you've not got to wait too many days until Arsenal play again. We are going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back at some point this afternoon with another stream or another show or another upload for you. And of course, we back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with this show as usual. Alfie, thanks for your time as always, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me on and thank you to everyone for listening getting the questions in. Uh, it's been a few interesting topics, so uh, mm. no, it's great to be on. Absolutely. Let us know in the comment section if you're watching on Catch Up anything that you've got to say about what we've discussed this morning. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're on our way now to, what, 27,000 subs, I think, at this 27, stage? 27, yeah. Indeed. So do help us on our way. We're just under 400 subs away from that landmark. So do give us a hand. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.